Buddy, this is Bunkhouse Bob. And the lovely Laura. Live from the Armory Wrestling Show, folks, we're heard on more platforms than an Olympic diver. FNX.network, iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. You can't turn a corner without running into one of us, and you'd rather run into me than you would Laura. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, live from the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of independent wrestling. You better listen. From the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling. The greatest thing to happen since War of the Worlds in like 1938, which I wasn't around then, or the family <laughs> gathering around the radio for listening to the Waltons, you know, like the Waltons did. Our studio line is area code 213-816-1605. With your host, Bunkhouse Bob. Listen, here's a little known fact. I can rap <laughs> almost anything. Okay. I can yeah, but nobody says kid. you got to be the Fresh Prince, okay? And the lovely Laura. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to your town, and I'm going to beat the crap out of your top guy, and I'm going to walk out of here with this spell. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. My name is the Bunkhouse Bob, and I am the greatest wrestling mind of the 21st century, folks. This is episode 286 of the program, and we've got a great guest coming up for you tonight at 7.30. Joining us in the 7.30 hour will be Miss Amber Gertner. Very excited to have Amber on the show. Looking forward to it immensely, folks, while... uh, While we thank you for listening to this episode, we would remind everybody that you can catch every episode of Live from the Armory Wrestling Show on every major podcast platform. But most importantly, we would ask that you would go over to www.fnx.network, check out all the great content that's available on FNX. A lot of great contributors, a lot of great shows. Make sure that you're checking them out and giving them the support that they deserve. Uh, while you're also out there surfing around on Amazon and eBay and, <clears throat> excuse me, all those other great sites, looking for uh, holiday gifts this year, make sure you go over to uh, www.prowrestlingtees.com. If you go over there and type in FNX Network up in the search bar, there are two live from the Armory Wrestling Show t-shirts that you could purchase and buy and help support this show. That would be greatly appreciated. And as always, if you have a question, a comment, a critique, or a criticism about a guest or a commentary that you have heard on this program, you can always hit us up at askthearmory at gmail.com. Got a couple of things to cover for you real, real quick before we start diving into the world of independent professional wrestling this week. Number one, first and foremost, Laura's running a little bit behind tonight. She is dealing with people under the stairs. Actually, she's having work done on her basement, and uh, 
She is going to join us. She's running a little bit behind. And the second thing that I have to give everybody a heads up on, last week I got some info from a couple of listeners that said that when they called in and they tried to listen to the show live, all they heard was violin music. Now, we've uploaded the show. It's on iHeartRadio. It's on Stitcher. It's on Apple Podcasts. The playback is fine. So I'm not quite sure what has gone on with Blog Talk Radio the past couple of weeks. You know that we've had some issues. They've had some issues with the servers. But the uploads are fine, 100% in their entirety on all the platforms that I've already mentioned. So if for some reason you cannot tune in and listen to this episode or any episode live, just remember that you can always catch us on any major podcast platform. That being said, I'll go on and give you our social media info tonight. Our co-executive producer of this program, Mr. George Coles, is live tweeting tonight from our Twitter address, at From the Armory. Make sure you go over and follow. That's the quickest and best way to get all the information for the show, at From the Armory. You can follow Laura at Circle Sky. You can follow George, if you choose to, at Heel Heat Show. You can follow the good doctor at The Gray Lobster, and of course myself, at Bob underscore Delph on Twitter. There are two Live from the Armory Wrestling Show pages on Facebook. One of them is the official page. The other one's a fan page. And we are on YouTube. If you go over to YouTube and type in Live from the Armory Wrestling Show up in the search bar, you can find all of our episodes from the last three years now uploaded on YouTube, as well as some clips from uh, a couple of different shows that, uh, that we get the chance to go to. Uh, so make sure that uh, you go over and check us out on YouTube. You got to get all these social media plugs. I was before we came on the sh- on air before I came on air tonight. I was just flipping around through Twitter, and there seems to be some tremendous back and forth going on tonight between Sonya Deville, Lacey Evans, and Becky Lynch. And I'm not sure where all that's going, but uh, makes for uh, some interesting reading. That's for sure. Uh, speaking of reading, we're going to go on and uh, tackle this week's Twitter poll. As I get it pulled up here, as I, I dutiously do my duty, uh, George Coles, the co-executive producer of the program, he comes up with all of these great questions. So if they're great, you can thank me and Laura. If they're bad, you can thank George. Uh, this week's Twitter poll went something like this. With stardom being purchased by the parent company of New Japan Pro Wrestling, would you like to see the two companies co-promote shows? There were three possible answers. No, leave them separate. Number two, merge them together. Number three, only on special occasions. Only on special occasions came in at 27%, merge them together 32%, and no, leave them separate 41%. And if I read the press release correctly, uh, I believe that all of our listeners already had the poll pretty much nailed down from everything that I have read and George can message me if he has heard otherwise, which I'm sure that he will. Uh, everything that I have read has said that uh, they will be keeping both of the companies separate. There will not be any co-promotion, anything like that that's going on. Um, and there's some other news from New Japan. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Uh, but everything that I read, uh, stardom will be kept separate from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I think that that's probably a, a good move um, because stardom is an entity all unto its own. And we'll, maybe we'll talk to Amber about that tonight. 
and I just think that I think that the mixing of the two, although it might make for an interesting one-off, I think things would get lost in the shuffle. Uh, I think that the women have worked very, very hard, very diligently uh, in raising the bar at stardom. And I would just, I would hate for it to get mixed and, and lost in the, in the cluster that could occur uh, with new Japan. That, that would be my, my big, my biggest and chief concern with that. It would get be get, it would get lost in the shuffle. If I can get over my own words here. Um, new Japan pro wrestling made the official announcement this past week. I don't know how many of you caught this, that new Japan pro wrestling U.S is now quote-unquote officially open. You'll know that we have mentioned in the past on this show that New Japan had been running a dojo out of the Los Angeles area, and it's been posted. And I think I saved a couple of pictures for this, uh, took a couple of screenshots. In the uh, press release, it says, at the press conference delivered to the assembled media on October 21st, New Japan Pro Wrestling formally announced the establishment of a U.S.-based subsidiary, named New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. The company will be based in California and begin operations in November. Um, there is a former show guest, a couple actually, but one that stands out in mind that has been out to the dojo several times, uh, is trained, continuing to train underneath Shibata. Uh, that is one Barrett Brown. And I've actually got to see him in Dallas at the New Japan Pro Wrestling show uh, for the G1 uh, when it came to Dallas. Uh, so hats, tip of the hat to Barrett. I'd really love to see him be involved with New Japan Pro Wrestling on some level. Basically, what the announcement said was is that the dojo is in operation, as we already knew. There will be a set of U.S. offices, and they have announced a touring structure for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, the touring structure across the West West Coast covers four states, six cities. Across the Midwest, seven cities across six states. They're going to cover four cities in Texas, six cities across four states in the southeast, and four cities across three states in the east. Uh, with this in mind, the plan will be for the majority of the U.S. fan base, some 70%, according to the market research, to be able to attend a New Japan Pro Wrestling event and see New Japan action near to them. So they've done some demographic work. Uh, they have really done their homework about the areas that they're going to be in. Uh, you can read the whole press conference for yourself. It is online. Uh, and it talks about the size venues that they're going to go to or they want to be in somewhere around the 2000 seat mark, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less based on that area. Uh, and it would be interesting. I'm, I, I'm really wanting to see where this goes as far as, what talents we're talking about they're going to be there. We're talking about homegrown talents out of the U.S. dojo. Are we talking about a mix of stars from Japan? Um, but remember, it wasn't that far back when New Japan had a foray into the States before the G1. There were some work visa issues and some other things that went on. So with the U.S. base side of it, they don't necessarily have to worry about that. It makes sense. And traveling, logistics, it all, all kind of coincide, ties together. So we'll start watching for announcements coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling of America in November. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up, and this one is, uh, is kind of near and dear to my heart because 
Most of you know that I do live in the state of Louisiana, and I want to give a huge shout out to Miss Brittany Nicole. She's a former show guest, used to work at Wildcat Sports. That's where she broke into the business at. Uh, then went to Elevate Pro, which is another wrestling promotion here based out of Louisiana. Her and a partner have purchased the rights, the naming rights, and all that other good stuff from the former owners. So Miss Brittany, Brittany Nicole is now the only female promoter, co-promoter, I guess you could call it technically, in the state of Louisiana. Huge congratulations to her. I know her uh, work ethic from talking to her and interviewing her and getting to know her. Um, I expect big, big things out of Elevate Pro. Uh, I know that she will do her absolute best to bring a spotlight to wrestling in the state. And uh, just really, really happy for her. Really, really ecstatic. So hoping that uh, everything lines up the way that it's supposed to line up. So congratulations, Brittany. Really proud of you. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I don't know how many people have been or had the opportunity to watch the third installment of the NWA Power Series. It aired last night at 6.05 Eastern. Uh, some very interesting things going on Uh and Joe Galley continues to to try to question Camille. Uh, Tim Storm teams with Eli Drake. I'm not going to give everything away, but uh, nothing but really positive reviews coming out of the NWA Power show that is on on YouTube. And if I remember this right, and I'm going to have to get George on this too. Um, I am thinking, I am thinking that. The NWA show is also going to be available on Fight, if I'm not mistaken. I'm almost positive. Um, but the the news that came out from NWA this week, before I get too, too far sidetracked, is that the NWA, and we mentioned this briefly, has a pay-per-view that is coming up. Uh, let's see here. I wanted to make sure that I had the, the correct dates on it. I should have wrote this down. I just I was scribbling... Too much stuff, too much stuff, because they have a pay-per-view, and then they have some TV tapings that are coming up after it. Uh, but the pay-per-view itself, from every, from what I've read, is sold out. You can, can't get tickets for the NWA pay-per-view. And I wanted to say, for some reason in my mind, December the 4th stood out. But I'm trying to uh, scroll through here and see if I can find it. And of course, I can't. Um, that's Okay. I am almost positive that it is December the 4th. Uh, George, if you can double-check that date for me, I would uh, greatly appreciate it. And I believe that it is that is going to be available on Fight as well. But there are TV tapings that are coming up. And I want to say um, want to say that I thought that the, the TV tapings coming up were the 14th through the 16th of December in Atlanta. And I believe that there are still tickets on sale for the tapings but the pay-per-view is sold out and as always you can go over to uh at nwa on twitter to get all the latest information want to say hello to marine hi marine um but make sure that you're following nwa and make sure that you're checking out the series i think that uh i think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not watching nwa power on youtube i really really enjoy the show i enjoy that old school studio style feel. Uh, and I like it merged with uh, 
talents of today. Uh, the style is paced appropriately for what's going on and uh, some really good stuff, really good stuff. Make sure that you're checking out NWA Power on YouTube. Uh, let's see. And George is calling, telling me December 14th. That's the pay-per-view, George. December 14th is the pay-per-view. And then the 15th and the 16th are TV tapings. Is that what's going on? Let me know. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention, I've said this on this program before. Uh, one of the guys that I really like that does interview, and he's actually working for AEW now as a backstage backstage guy, is Chris Van Bleet. And he posted an interview with who happens to have been a guest on this program actually in a rookie year, which is coming up on six years ago. Okay, so yeah, I was right. The 14th is the pay-per-view, 15th, 16th TV tapings, NWA in Atlanta. Uh, I believe the website, too, is nwawrestling.com. Make sure you go and check that out. Anyway, so Chris Van Bleet uh, has Tessa Blanchard uh, on his latest interview, and they talk a lot about uh, intergender wrestling, and they talk about you know, her beginnings and all this stuff, you know, with, with the exception of what's happened within the last year or two, I mean, there are some things that, that, that we knew about, uh, but Tessa had been a guest on this program during her rookie year. And we knew about how she got into the business and, and working at uh, wrestling training at high spots with George South, Cedric Alexander, Caleb Conley, and a, and a host of other people. And the conversation came up, um, about intergender wrestling, the whole Eli Drake thing. We we talked about this on this program. Uh, her match with Brian Cage at Wrestle Circus, her match at Slammiversary with Sammy Callahan, whom I consider right now one of the hottest hottest guys in independent wrestling uh, because of just the whole OVE, the Chris Brothers, all that great stuff. I love it. Um, but it was brought up, you know, obviously Brian Cage, retain the title at Bound for Glory. If I gave away a spoiler, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I don't think that I did because it was on Access, Impact on Access last night. Uh, they talked about trying to, or, or wanting to, Tessa wanting to wrestle Brian again, and wanting to wrestle him on a bigger stage, like for Impact Wrestling. Uh, and Chris brought up the very valid point, and I mentioned this, uh, I want to say three or four weeks ago. There was a little innuendo in there. Chris mentioned that if Brian Cage retained the title, which he did, he is the current Impact Wrestling Champion, and for Tessa's next challenge, whatever, if we move after we move past the Sammy Callahan Brian Brian Cage feud, if Brian retains the title and Tessa wants to challenge him, it should be the Impact Wrestling Championship should be on the line. That's a very interesting prospect to me because that would be, and I'm, George, I'll need you to fact check me on this as well. It would be the first time that in, in an intergender match that hypothetically Tessa Blanchard wins the title. It will be the first female to win a, a, a title predominantly held by a male in that category. Now, I know that some people will talk about some some other stuff that's going on. We'll say within the modern era, within the modern era, I'm hard pressed to 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 know of anything out of the modern era. I'm I'm, I'm trying to run through my mind. I'm doing this on the fly. 
but I am almost positive. My question to you, well, I know that China won the Intercontinental title, George. I'm talking about the a recognized World Heavyweight Championship. I'm talking about the WWE title, then WWF title. We're talking about the Impact Wrestling Championship, the IWGP Championship, the NWA Championship. They've all had distinctions of being separated by gender. World Heavyweight Championship, Women's Heavyweight Championship. She would be the first person in the modern era, if challenging Brian Cage, and were to win, would be the first person that I can think of, that I know of, in professional wrestling history, that would blur the line between gender separation and quite possibly win a title predominantly held by men or exclusively held by men. And in this interview, Tessa talks about why she didn't sign with the WWE. Yeah, Kimberly was that we're talking about at a major televised level, George. George, I'm I'm talking to George. He's 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 messaging me stuff. I know Kimberly was the Chikara Grand Champion. I'm talking about a major televised promotion. Major televised promotion. Keep keep working at it, Thumb Warrior. Um I think that with, 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 what I'm, what I was trying to say, I, I lost my train of thought for a second. Tessa was talking about why she didn't sign with the WWE. She alluded to the fact that it wasn't that the offer wasn't there. She felt that there was things that she wanted to do, her own history and her own way to do things in her own manner and not have it, I'm trying to think of the right words, paraphrased, not set up, not set up by the WWE that she wanted to create her own history, not history created for her. Just giving a few comparisons, not necessarily on the same level. I know, but that's the conversation that I'm having with our listeners, George. That's the conversation. Is it fair? Is it fair to presume, all things being equal, that if Brian Cage is the champion, Tessa Blanchett challenges him, she wins the title, that's making your own history. She would have done it on her own terms. Six years into the business, you know, and uh, I would highly encourage, highly encourage everybody to go and check out uh, Chris Van Vliet's interview with Tessa Blanchard. It's up on YouTube. I really like the way that he presents the interview. I really like his work, really like his work. She talked a little bit about the other thing that I wanted to mention to you is WOW Women of Wrestling on Access TV. I don't know how many people have uh, have been tuning into this, but the past couple of weeks, there have been some absolute barn burners as far as matches are concerned. Absolute barn burners. Uh, Tessa Blanchard versus uh, Rena Reyes, an unbelievable match. Um, I would think that you would want to tune into this. Uh, and Tessa talked about this in, in her interview with Chris as well, not to keep tuning Chris's horn, but she talked about her involvement with WOW. Tessa is one of the trainers at the Los Angeles facility for WOW Women of Wrestling. Uh, Selena Majors is the head trainer. And they talked about a couple of the people that have came up through there, one of them being the Beast. And um, 
very, very impressed with her. I mean, I, I really like the product. Uh, there are some people that I have, I have watched or, or had read on social media that feel it's a little too campy, um, that the characters are a little, some of them are a little out there. Some things make sense. Some things don't make sense. And, um, you know, I, I like the characters, you know, I just, I like the characters just as in as much as I like the characters from Lucha Underground and Lucha Underground was a huge success. I was terribly disappointed terribly disappointed with MGM and the El Rey network that things couldn't be worked out and Lucha Underground could not carry on. I know that there were a lot of other people that were disappointed, but if you like character driven or character stories uh, that are not what you see presented to you on, you know, Monday nights or Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights or whatever night of the week it is, uh, check out women of uh, women of wrestling. Wow, women of wrestling. There's some uh, there's some familiar faces in there, and then there's some people that you may not be familiar with. But that in itself is really the whole reason why I present things to people. Maybe you'll check them out, and maybe you won't. Maybe you won't. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to mention. Uh, but he's like, you know, did you watch any Raw? You know, what do you what do you think about, you know, Fox, you know, SmackDown on Fox? And, you know, here's the thing. Like this past week, I, I tuned in. I turned Raw on and I was, I'm usually doing something else. And I just, I, I don't know. I, I watched it. And, and one of the criticisms this week was that there were no women's matches, zero presented on Raw this week. None. And I saw some people, you know, that were asking about it. And then some other people that were on social media said, well, you know, all the women are on the overseas tour this week. And we well, that's why we don't have a women's match. Really? Are you, are you serious? All the women, all the women on the roster on raw, they're all on the tour. That's why we can't have a women's match. This was supposed to be your, quote-unquote, promotional brand launch after the draft to set the tone for what we're going to see for the next year. You know, this is what we were supposed to see. And you presented nothing. You presented nothing. That doesn't make any sense to me. I, you can call me, you know, <clears throat> I can be critical. <clears throat> I can even be hypercritical, excuse me, but this was your launch. This was to, like I said, set the tone after the draft, and we had zero. We had zero. So I was very, very surprised by that move. I was very surprised by that move. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. The other thing that I was kind of surprised about, because I had seen pictures of Kane Velasquez, who had been reportedly training at the Performance Center on and off throughout last year, preparing him for coming into the WWE and, you know, was kind of kept, you know, on the down low and all that other stuff. And uh, that Kane Velasquez come in against Shelton Benjamin, who was, you know, disparaging Ray Mysterio Jr. in the ring. And it looked folks like he was wearing two concrete shoes and had burlap bags on his hands. Like he was trying to wade through the water waist deep. His motion was just 
it, it, it just wasn't good. In my, my opinion, it just was not good. It didn't, you know, it just didn't look believable to me. I thought he would have absolutely destroyed Shelton Benjamin to make an example, you know, to, to, to build the hype. And uh, I don't know, maybe it was just me. I, you know, I could be wrong, but uh, I expected way more. I don't know about you, but I expected more out of the Cain Velasquez deal. But, you know, maybe we'll get more. Obviously, you know, the big news uh, is WWE's foray, soiree into Saudi Arabia coming on next week. And uh, they were showing um, they were showing some parade they were having a parade or they were doing a celebration and the wwe had a giant float uh the undertaker was there they love the undertaker in saudi arabia and uh you know it's uh it's big money it's big money i personally uh probably won't watch the event i just uh just not uh not down for it not down for it um we'll just have to see what comes about out of it uh, but I, uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Um, and when I just got another message, uh, somebody asked me, let me see here. Was it just me or did Ray seem like he was just stalling for time during that promo? It seemed to drag on and on and on and on. I would have much rather heard Ray talk on and on and on and on than see Cain Velasquez stumble into the ring. I don't know. That's just me though. I don't know. Maybe George, maybe you can tell me. Did you did you think Cain Velasquez looked like he was walking with concrete shoes on? You know, I mean, it looked like he was barely striking. You know, this is supposed to be an ex MMA fighter or a dual a dual threat like Brock Lesnar is, and they just they they looked it just looked bad to me. It looked bad. Well, I don't know. But Crown Jewel will be coming up, and everybody, I'm sure there will be something that will happen there. Uh, that people will not care for, and that will be that. But I want to move on to more pleasant, more pleasant areas, greener pastures, so to speak, the other side of of, of all that. And I want to get our guest on the air because really been excited, looking forward to this one. Uh, I've been a big fan of her work for a while. I, I, there's just something about how she says what she says when she says it that just tickles me. I don't know. I don't know. Without any more from me, we'd like to welcome to the program Miss Amber Gertner. Amber, are you there? I am here. Hi, Bob. How are, How are you? I am. I'm doing know, well. I'm okay. I got to say okay. something. Go right ahead. I got to say something. <laughs> yeah. The write-up that you all did uh, to hype the show was yeah. beyond gracious, <laughs> um, and I'm so flattered. I, I, I thank you. I I didn't know who I was reading about. I was like, this is confusing. I'd like you to do my eulogy, actually, if you could do that. I mean, <laughs> I I'm not planning that. on going anytime soon. <laughs> right. No, no, but yeah, I'm not no, planning thank on you very much. Oh, you're welcome. You know, I think, I'll have to think about it. Maybe I can add that as like a side gimmick. I can do eulogies. Uh, if I get my license, can. I can do weddings. I can do all kinds I, of stuff. I am... I'm actually ordained, so I can also uh, marry as well. Oh, okay. How does how does that work? Fun how do you even go about doing that? Uh, it's easy. You can actually just do it online for free. It's, uh, Are you serious? I mean, yes, yes, you can. The Universal I'm Life Church. Now they oh, actually in North Carolina, in the state, they don't uh, 
they don't allow people from the Universal Life Church, so I had to find another one uh, so we could get ordained and do ceremonies here. I have yet to do one, so but I, I look forward to that day. Well, I'm going to have to look into that because I, I think that that's something that I could do. I think that's something I could do. Um, Laura is running a little bit behind tonight. She had She's been having work ongoing with her basement. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're sealing it or doing I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if there's people under the stairs, but she sent me a message <laughs> said, "I'll be on in just a little bit. I'm doing I got to get this handled." And I'm like, "Okay." As a matter of fact, speak of the devil and he arises or she arises in this <laughs> case. Uh here's my wonderful co-host now, the lovely Laura. Laura, you want to say hello to Amber? Good, Laura. Laura, you are such a doll. I just adore you. Well, I adore you as well. Thank you so much. (laughs) I was so happy that Chris introduced us. I am too. He told me a little bit ago, he's like, I've got to introduce you to Amber because the two of you will get along fabulous. And I'm like, well, heck yeah. There you go. He was right. He was. That's how it works. Did did you get your basement taken care of? What are you doing down there, building a bomb shelter? Well, let me just give everybody a little bit of backstory, and and I, I promise I won't take up too much. I live in a house that was built in the 40s, so everything is old. And there was a I have a basement, but it's not really a basement. And basically, it's a hole in the wall, and it oh. has this little shelter that comes out to protect all that. Well, it was. My grandfather built that shelter in 1962, uh-huh. and it is not going to make another winter. So me and uh, my best friend from high school have been working on this since October 14, and oh we're my. still not done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. See, so. that, that, that shelter is not actually a shelter, folks. It's a shrine. It's a hidden shrine to Caleb Conley is what's in her basement. It's not. Um, <laughs> well, uh, oh, gosh. We'll uh, we'll go oh on and goodness. get started, Laura, while you get your breath. Amber, for the for the casual wrestling fan, without minimizing what has transpired at the major televised promotion, they believe that women's wrestling is just now getting the recognition it deserves. But yet, dedicated fans will tell you that the televised promotions are just catching up to what's been going on in the de- independence for years. At this point, is it really just splitting hairs, or do you feel an obligation to remind fans of the history and the sacrifice in women's professional wrestling? Um, well, okay, I, I certainly believe in, in knowing your history, and I like people to know where where people came from, sure. But I think you're correct about splitting hairs. The way I look at it, everybody wins. Everybody, um, anyone they're signing from the Indies, they win. Um, I'm happy to. I'm happy that I don't share locker rooms with, or unhappy that I don't share locker rooms with these girls. But it makes me so happy, and I'm so so proud of any of my friends that get signed. No matter if it's Impact, AEW, uh, if they get signed to WWE, I'm over the moon for people. Sure, I think that. Um, and and not to say this because I, I work with them, but I feel like Shimmer really started to change things uh, 14 mm-hmm. years ago. And mm-hmm. it, it was just um a, just an effect of that and 
eventually people started to take notice and more and more girls were coming for one taping and then leaving because they were getting signed and it was amazing um and you know and now it brings uh more spots for girls that are just breaking in and they're breaking in because they watched shimmer not just because they watched wwe uh, not mm-hmm. just because they watched TNA when they were growing up, um, but because they, they somebody turned them on to Shimmer and they watched that. It, it blows my mind. It's it's just crazy. Um, but I'm just so happy with the new talent there, and I'm happy for anyone. So I do feel like everyone should be happy that uh, that all these girls are getting signed, better jobs, better pay, better exposure. Um, I'm certainly so proud of them. I was happy for Renee Young that she got that quote unquote Fox money, maybe, mm-hmm. but dis- but disappointed that she wasn't part of the revamped commentary lineup. I mean, Beth Phoenix is the only female commentator between the three major televised promotions today. What does this say to you about where women are outside of the ring in professional wrestling? Um, I think that we, I feel like every, I've started everything off with, um, I apologize. No. Uh, but I think that certainly it's lacking in that department because I know there's mm. so many girls that are great, either behind the scenes, uh, doing commentary. I certainly think there are a lot of, I love working with Veda Scott. She's amazing. We have tremendous chemistry together. Portia Perez was one of the funniest people ever on commentary, not just for females. She just cracked me up, period. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, and so many girls have been given shots to do commentary. I love doing commentary with danger, of course. Um, but, you know, so I feel like they're a little behind, but maybe, you know, it's the kind of thing that they were a little behind on uh, actual good wrestling and uh, not to say that it was bad wrestling, but uh, different styles of wrestling. It took a while to catch on. Maybe it's going to just take a while. I like Renee Young a lot, so I was um, I was pretty sad to to see that as well. I think she's great, you know. So, um, but there are so many girls that are great. I just don't know that there are many girls that really, really want to do this. I haven't come across very many that you know want to do it solely as as their career. Um, but why do you? Yeah, I think we are think that lacking. is? Why do you think that I is? Gonna... I feel like uh, for wrestlers, obviously they want to wrestle first, and it, mm-hmm. it rounds them out, of course, if they can talk. I mean, that is a definite plus. But I, I don't know, you know, why women aren't really inclined to get in on the other side. You usually just see your typical valets or um, somebody decides to actually wrestle and and get into the sport, but um, I, I don't really know why, you know, I, most people haven't taken, or women haven't taken an interest. It's unfortunate, hmm. though. It because is. Because I love it the is. girls. I love the girls that I call matches with. Well, you've been on commentary for both male and female matches. Is there a different approach used when calling the two, or is it all the same for you? Um, For me, I guess I, yeah, I pretty much try to approach it the same way. I always like to try and get notes, if I, if at all possible, um, and pull for, from those uh, because I'd like to be – I mean, obviously I don't do play-by-play, so I, I want to add as much to the backstory as possible. If there's an angle that's been going on, um, 
you know, being able to explain key points to get things over in the commentary in case you've got a first time watcher. Um, you know, so I like to do that regardless, uh, be it male or female. I don't know that I really do approach one any differently than the other. I'm starting to get back into commentary on CWS Mid-Atlantic with Chris Riddle, who is amazing. I mean, he just came out of the gate amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's doing a bang-up job. I love working with him, but um, I don't really think that I approach anything differently. It's just that for me, it, I mean, all wrestling has my heart, but I, I have a particular soft spot for women's wrestling. Um, and, you know, I never aspired to be a wrestler either. Um, but I always kind of felt like this was my calling in some way, that I was going to always be around wrestling. Um, but I I do love women's wrestling. I have since I was, oh, gosh, well, yeah, I guess I have since GLOW. But I really fell in love with Japanese women's wrestling at about 14 or 15 when I started getting my first tapes. And so – that was where it was at for me. We mentioned it at the top of the show that stardom has been bought by the parent company of new Japan pro wrestling. And the poll this week was, should the two be married together or should they be kept separate? My feeling is separate all the way. 100% your thoughts. Separate as well. I wish, I wish I could expound on that answer, but I mean, plain and simple separate. I I really think so. You know, you've mentioned Shimmer a couple of times, and you've worked for several different promotions, and Shimmer will be celebrating, like you said, their 14th anniversary this coming November. And I was just off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember, I think, at the very first Shimmer event, Sarah Del Rey was on that show. Mercedes Martinez was on that show. So there mm-hmm. there are some names. There has been a, Looking at who has passed through the doors of Shimmer, and you can go on their website and find this. The list is incredible. It is a who's who of women's wrestling. What are your thoughts on on their legacy thus far, and what is your favorite Shimmer memory? Oh gosh, I don't even know. Uh, it's far, we'll get to that in a second. You may okay. I, I'll probably go off on a tangent, so remind me about that. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> I am I'm prone to do that. I was That's laughing fun. with my fiance earlier. I was like, please refill my water glass. I'm going to be talking for a long time, and I never <laughs> do that and shot him a look because I talk all the time. Um, right. I I feel like the the legacy is there. I mean, you just have to look through look through that roster book that um, you know was printed. Gosh, maybe close to ten years. Uh, no, maybe. I guess 12 years ago, uh, they made a roster book. And if you look at those girls, I mean, it's amazing. It is a who's who of women's wrestling. Uh, Natty um, was on the first set of tapings, I believe. I think she was on the first set, but I know she was there uh, for at least one uh, set of volumes. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's just it's crazy how many girls – Beth Phoenix – I'm trying to think now because it's before my time, but obviously I was watching the DVDs. But it's it and Del Rey, as you mentioned, but it's just it's insane how many girls have gone on to, I mean, just explode on the scene that just came from Shimmer. And I appreciate Dave Prezak so much. Dave and I have been friends actually since 1995. 
So we go way back, and he's always shared that love for women's wrestling. He always felt like women just didn't get enough respect uh, in the sport. He always saw people being able to do bigger and better things. He just had a vision. Uh, he started – he was working for IWA Mid-South, and they um, – they decided to do a show called Volcano Girls. It was a, a tournament there, and that was pretty okay. much the precursor to Shimmer. Hmm. Excuse me. I had to drink my water because I talk <laughs> a lot. But um, so, <laughs> so from that, then, uh, you know, he got with Alice in Danger, and they both said, I think we can make something out of this. And, you know, it just um, it just took off, and it's just it's amazing to me. I I say sometimes that I'm like the goodwill ambassador to Shimmer because I I even after the after parties I walk around I love to talk to the fans, see uh, what they thought about things. Hey, what did you think about that title change? Wasn't that crazy? What about this? What about mm-hmm. Saturday night uh, kicking people in the balls again? <laughs> But no, just kidding. Right. Anyway, well, I mean, just kidding. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Anybody that saw that Brittany Knight, Thuria Knight pull apart knows what I'm talking about. That was crazy, and lots of men were hurting after that. And if you haven't seen it, by goodness knows, look it up. It, it's a doozy. But um, my favorite that. shimmer memory, my favorite shimmer memory also could be Paige and her mom having that pull apart because. That was the best pull part I've ever seen, probably. Anyway, I digress. My favorite Shimmer memory. Um, there are so many. I don't have, and and they all kind of make me look dumb. So, <laughs> but no, let me tell you, in quick, <laughs> in quick succession, let me tell you some of the highlights of my Shimmer career. Okay. Um, for instance. <laughs> For instance, uh, on our first pay-per-view on Mania Weekend, uh, the New Jersey, New York Mania Weekend that they had, um, you know, years back, we uh, that was our first pay-per-view. And as I was getting in the ring to do an in-ring interview, um, my shoe fell off, and I just oh, stare no. at it like I can't believe this just happened. I talked to <laughs> Joey Eastman, the ring announcer, and I'm like, my shoe fell off. He's like, well, put it back on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, put it back on. I do have an interview to do. So there's that. Uh, There's also the time that we do a lot of our promos after the shows are over. So, And a lot of them are done on Sundays. Everybody's, you know, trying to get out of there, get done, finish up the weekend, because they are long weekends. I commend the fans for being able to sit there and have the energy that they do for, you know, 20-some-odd matches a day. It's uh, for right. two days in a row. Uh, we have some of the best fans out there. So um, let's see. What was I? I went off on a tangent. Dang it! No, what was, okay. what was the other one that I was going to embarrass myself with? Um, <laughs> there was the shoe falling off. There was oh, hmm. I had to run across the ring in heels. I'm not very good in the ring in heels. That was pretty scary. That was my first set of takings. Um, Oh, yes, I do remember. Everybody's trying to get out. Sorry. Sorry for me not remembering. Um, Everybody's trying to get out of there on Sundays, and so we're doing our promos. I always religiously turn my phone off because I have an alarm to go off at 9 o'clock. I always turn it off because promos are going to go forever if people's phones go off or if if people come in the door or et cetera. So I I think I was interviewing maybe Lufisto, and my uh, 
my music was Jushin Liger's theme, and it was, like, way loud, and I forgot to turn my <laughs> alarm off. So I'm like, yeah. this is Amber Gertner backstage with Lou Fisto. And it was, like, really embarrassing. It was so embarrassing, but yet so funny that Dave Prezak decided to put it on Facebook. I was like, thanks a lot. So it was that. Right. <laughs> there a few, like, few favorite memories of me just being a moron. <laughs> wow, that's funny. That's funny. One of the uh, one of the topics that has arisen is transgendered athletes in women's wrestling, notably Nyla Rose signing with AEW. The moronic tweet of the year goes to a now closed account on Twitter. Uh, I'm not even going to mention the name because it doesn't exist anymore. Who said, "quote I'm not transphobic. It's just not fair to normal women." End of quote. How has or will transgender athletes change how wrestling is presented, if at all? I feel like wrestling's ever evolving, even though it's cyclical and we um on T V, you know, recycle things, angles, uh, people's gimmicks and stuff. But I feel like it's ever evolving and I feel like uh we've made huge, huge strides in uh the last few years with uh, the LGBT community becoming involved in wrestling, being out and proud. I appreciate that trans and I don't want to get, you know, crazy political trans women are women and that's plain and simple the way I feel. And so I hope that it has no effect in the way that people look at it. You know, I just hope people see people as the athlete that they are or the performer that they are. I, I want that to be noticed first before anyone's gender or age or anything like that. Just that's what should be looked at first. Can this person perform and entertain a crowd? That's that's where I stand on, on that. So hopefully it it won't and you know, I feel like wrestling as a as a whole has really embraced, like I said, the LGBT um community without making many waves. Um and I kind of commend them. You don't really hear, well, I mean, you do hear some backlash, of course, but it seems like when uh, the backlash comes from some fans that may be, you know, ignorant to things, um, but you don't, I've shared locker rooms with people uh, plenty of times and, you know, the guys, the girls, whatever, nobody cares. Everybody's just a wrestler. Everybody's just, you know, one of their brothers, one of their sisters. So I, I love that. The locker room atmosphere, atmosphere, at least where I've been around, has embraced it. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty cool. And I always go back to something that I heard Jim Ross say when he was asked about stories or characters or who wins or who loses. Jim Ross said, as long as there's an ass every 18 inches, I'm a happy man. That's all he cared about. Indeed. That's all he cared about. Indeed. Laura, Laura, go ahead. Thank you there, Bob. You know, <clears throat> Amber, as as women, you and I, you know, I find <laughs> that sometimes men treat me as an afterthought or, oh, that's cute, when wrestling is being discussed. And my reaction is, how about I super kick you and we'll find out how much I know. I'm <laughs> sure you've encountered something along these lines. Um, and what is your response to that? Okay. <laughs> I will tell you a fun story about when I worked uh, for High Spots in their office, and I was uh, I was pretty much the Dolly Parton, if you've ever seen 9 to 5. 
Um, I was just, <laughs> I was, um, you know, I just, uh, I shipped out stuff and um, we would pull stuff and I answered the phones. I mean, that was pretty much my job. So I had a guy call in one time and I was like, hi, it's High Spots, Amber, how may I help you? Um, I said it much more enthusiastically. I just didn't think that you needed the enthusiasm, guys. <laughs> but I was a lot nicer sounding. So, dude, like, goes, uh, um, is there a, is there a guy in the office that I could talk to? And already I'm like, oh, boy. So I was like, um, no, there isn't, which I don't remember if there was or wasn't, but I was like, I want to see how this goes. I was like, no, there's not, but I can help you with anything you need. And he's like, oh, well, um, can I? what time could I call back in the office? And I was like, did you need help with, you know, I thought this must be like a promoter. He needs a ring. This must be a wrestler. He needs gear. You know, I'm just like, I'm running through it all. No, this brother just wanted somebody to talk to about Japanese wrestling. So I was like, okay, let me put you in your place. I was like, I mean, I don't even remember what I said, but I, I, I definitely got a little salty saucy and uh and definitely told him what's what i was like look there's nobody in the office that knows more about japanese wrestling than me so go ahead brother shoot you know i mean like it was that kind of thing (laughs) he's like okay and he had like some dumb question that could have been answered by anybody like do you have this in stock like it's it's not like he was calling up and asking me what i thought about like koshiaki kawada or anything like he just like just wanted to know if we had a DVD in stock so I made him feel like an idiot. But to answer your question, Laura, since I was probably 12, yes. I mean, I I never was taken seriously as a wrestling fan. And then if I was taken seriously as a wrestling fan, I was, you know, totally an outcast. So um, I know we've discussed we're around the same age, so you were watching the same things that I was watching. and. Yeah, so it was um it was different it was difficult in school. Not to mention my mother, she loathes wrestling. <laughs> so oh. that's that's a thing that I've been having to deal with since I was twelve. I mean, so I didn't get grounded from like going outside as a teenager or well, as a teenager but also younger than that. I get grounded from wrestling. Like you can't watch mm. wrestling. Not oh. not you can't use the phone. But wrestling. I came home in seventh grade and wrote a paper in English that I got an A on, and I'm so proud. But because it was written about wrestling, I got grounded again. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? <laughs> that makes it sound like I have the worst parents in the world. I don't mean that, but it's just she hated wrestling to the point that I kind of became embarrassed about being a wrestling fan because I was getting so much flack for it. So I remember Why? one time I was. I was at the Greensboro Coliseum with um, with my dad, and I ran into some people from school. They weren't friends of mine, but, you know, we might have been in classes together or whatever. But um, they were like, oh, hi. What are you, so what are you doing here? I didn't know you liked wrestling. I lied and said, oh, I just didn't have anything to do tonight, so I came with my dad. Oh, <laughs> totally not the case. Wow. Yeah, so – I can understand from woman to woman. Yeah. I, I totally feel like, um, I I don't feel like it anymore, but there was definitely a time where I felt like no one would 
want to listen to my opinion. So I just talked myself out of giving it for many years. Oh, <laughs> bless you. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I have a funny story that I've told on the on the show, and I don't think I've ever told you. Um, I was in Michael's in, uh, in a Michael's in Charlotte, and I was mm-hmm. buying something, and John was in behind. Was see, you've got me doing it, Bob. John <laughs> behind me. He was in behind um, of you. No, he was not in behind of that that's Louisiana gibberish. Um <laughs> me and I was checking out and John has a AEW shirt, okay? I don't have any uh-huh. kind of wrestling shirt on. And so the the dude's checking, you know, you know, checking me out and everything and he's like, Um, are you with that dude with the A in the AEW shirt? And I'm like, Yeah. Well, can you ask him how you want to pay for you? I was like, um, you can watch that pay-per-view on Bleacher Report. And he looked <laughs> like I had lobsters coming out of my ears. And I said, you can also watch it. And I just told him exactly where he could watch it. And he got to talking about he didn't like the product, WWE. Right. And I said, and he said, really liked Impact. I said, not watched Impact since they got rid of Caleb Conley. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here, isn't he? I said, yeah, and he's still wrestling on the Indies. You can see him everywhere. The guy looked at me like <laughs> he didn't have a clue what he, I was talking about. Yep. I've definitely had sort of similar experiences um, <laughs> where I've gone into something and it's kind of you see the people and they're just their minds are blown as you're talking and it's it's kind of like what like you know the same stuff I know maybe less but you know the same stuff I know why are you freaking <laughs> out that like I have to know it, it boggles my mind. Oh uh, yeah, if I could have punched that dude in the face and gotten away <laughs> with it, I would have. That's angry I would. Awesome. We would have blamed it on Caleb Conley. (laughs) I don't even know know the Caleb Conley joke, and I love it already. Yeah, it's it's there. It's been there for like five plus years. I love Caleb Conley. He's my favorite. So that's one of the I worked with him at uh, at high spots, so I I know him pretty well. He's He's a great guy. He's he's a really great guy. He was a terrible he's coworker. A, tell the truth. He's not. Uh, he was. He was showed guy. up late. He showed up late, dumped mm-hmm. work off on poor Amber. I know he did. Oh my gosh! How did you know? See, I knew <laughs> it. He's <laughs> not. You are so right. No, oh. no. Yeah. I See. want. I'm like, I want to tell something so bad, but my fiance said I can't say anything stupid. So, of course, there's something I want to say, but I'm not going to say it. But uh, anyway, Laura, well, I'll tell you later. I know, like, that's uh, just clickbait, right? Yeah, that's what I'm that was terrible. Was like an RF video. It's like an RF video shoot. <gasps> like we plied her with beer. That's said, really, you know, no. Who do you really don't got even to mention that name. Oh, I can't. Hold on. <laughs> what? It's like he plied you, you know, plied you with alcohol and said, I know you really got heat with this guy. Why don't you tell me about it? 
Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to say anything bad about people. Remember, that's what my fiance said. <laughs> so I, do, do you know what? Legitimately, I wasn't nervous at all until about I don't know 6:45 when he goes, "Don't say anything stupid, okay?" And I was like, "Oh no, oh no, of course not." Now I'm nervous. So then Chris Riddle texts me. He says, "Good luck," and I was like. What if I curse? He's like, it's okay to curse. I was like, oh, thank you. Because I prayed that I wasn't going to curse, and I prayed I wasn't going to say anything stupid. And well, so far, I have not cursed. You're so well, there. You can curse all you want to. I've, I've dropped many an F-bomb on this uh, oh. program. And mouth uh, like a sailor. <laughs> you have to. Um, oh, I definitely so, do in my real life. In my real life, I don't know what is this my imaginary life that made no sense. My pretend life, yeah. What I'm trying to say is, off commentary, I have a terrible mouth. Ah, okay. Well, you know, you and I discussed how long we'd been wrestling fans that night in Gibsonville, as you mentioned earlier before. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, what is the most definitive memory of wrestling from when you first started watching? And how did that shape you as a wrestling fan? I grew up in the South. Um, I'm from a small town outside of Winston-Salem. And my mother kind of, another mother story, but she hmm. kind of instilled in me that, um, you know, you have to kind of drop your Southern accent, which has totally come back now. But, you know, you have to drop your Southern accent or people think you're stupid, like when we travel places like up north. Right. And, right. you know, I really was kind of different from the kids in my class. And the kids in my class that watched wrestling were, you know, the boys, like the redneck boys that, like, you know, went four-wheeling on the weekends and, like, whatever. Right. And I'm like, I don't want any of this. Like, so I – I remember when, like, World Class would be on, NWA would be on, and I would just run from the room and be like, I don't want to watch this. So uh, what I did watch a ton of uh, was MTV. I mean, all the time. We had cable since, like, 1980. So I remember, even though I was very young, I remember practically, like, the, the inception of MTV. I loved Cindy Lauper more than life. You probably know where this is going now. So oh, yeah. I mean, she she was the she was the end all be all for me. So once MTV aired the match from the Garden, I was fixated and I just couldn't get enough. I remember sitting I was sitting there and I had chips in my hand. I was de- like digging into the chips, crumbling the chips. It was amazing, and I thought, well, if Cindy loves it, I love it too. So then I still was a snob and was like, I don't want to watch this NWA redneck stuff. And we had no WWF until I moved from Winston to uh, Wilmington. And we got one of the super stations. We got WWOR out of Secaucus, New Jersey. They showed uh, superstars and challenge. So my life was made. And, but I totally been bitten by the bug at that point. And it only took maybe another two months before I was like, give me all the wrestlings, all of them. <laughs> so, like, then I didn't care. Oh, and Ricky Morton right. came into my life also. Yeah. We had, we, had a, mm-hmm. we had a special bond until Barry Windham took his place for a very long time. <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's my that's first funny. wrestling memory. It will be always the, the thing that sticks out, like, really the most because – 
So I was never, but the point is, I was never a wrestling fan. I was a Cindy Lauper fan, and she made me into the creature I am today. So <laughs> crazy. Thanks, Cindy Lauper. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> She's still awesome. You know, it's the one person that I have never understood why they don't put in the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. She's the one celebrity that really did something for wrestling. Oh, absolutely. You're so right. I don't know. You know, I wonder if they've ever reached out. Because, you know, there was actually a time where, she, you know, her um, – Manager slash boyfriend Dave Wolf was actually the one that said, "Cindy, we got to get in on this. It's getting hot. You know, this is the right. thing to do." And even though she was a wrestling fan, she was kind of like, ah, "I don't really know about this." So right. I don't know if, it, which broke my little heart. By the way, I went right back to being like ten, and I'm like, "I'm so sad. You can't not like wrestling. That, that my life is a lie." <laughs> so yeah, like, but you're so right. It would be better than some of the other people in the celebrity wing. So, and it, I don't mean Pete Rose. You know, um, <laughs> um, the the thing I remember, well, I that I didn't remember actually, and saw it later when it came back out on the network, is that Andy Warhol of all people was <laughs> at the show, and I'm like, holy crap! Of course, I didn't know who Andy Warhol was back then, but I'm like, holy crap, that's Andy yeah. Warhol. Is, is that not insane? Like, mm-hmm. insane. And I'm a huge fan of his. So, yeah, it's mind-blowing. I'm just, I love this man even more. This, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you said you grew up. I'm not going to ask you what town you grew up outside of uh, Winston-Salem. I live in Southwest oh, Virginia. Um, I live in a rural hall. We had one stoplight. Now we oh, got two. The, the town I live in doesn't even have a stoplight. <laughs> oh, no. I live in Little Old Freeze, Virginia. Oh, my. Which is about, Where is it? It is an hour and a half from Winston-Salem. It is in Southwest Virginia. It's near Galax, Virginia. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. So my grandfather was a preacher up in, uh, like, Galax area um, at a, uh, let's see, what was it called? Willow Hill Moravian Church. That's what it was. Um, He was a pastor there for a few years. Really? I know probably, I don't know if either of you know what Moravians are, but we're the ones that have the pretty, we're the ones that have the pretty stars on the porches, make the really awesome cookies. And uh, cheese straws. <laughs> we like to eat. I never knew in, that. In my never denomination. <laughs> okay. Those cookies are. Bob, the I'll best have to send you some ever. cookies for Christmas. Yes, oh I, 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 I never knew that. That's that's awesome. <laughs> what a small world! I tell mm-hmm. you, I know. Small world. Um, my last question is. In your opinion, why does Con O'Kelly hate Chris Riddle so? Um, for his fashion sense. So, I mean, that's obvious. There, there's your, there's your short and sweet answer. Because <laughs> better fashion sense, and I think that's really what it boils down to. <laughs> it's jealousy, and you know, Chris, you know, snatched Con O'Kelly's wig last Saturday yeah. night. 
on Twitter. Yes. Did Bob. He snatched his wig, and he needed to. And he also challenged Mr. Con O'Kelly to a street fight. I know. and cr- Crazy, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, he's been training for it. It's, it's going to, I mean, like, whoo. They've had some serious uh, heat. I'm glad that the crowd is enjoying it and everybody is so receptive to it. I'm I'm really happy for, again, going back to things about the LGBT community. I am so happy that we are a smaller indie promotion in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina, and our fans are completely embracing this feud. I love it. I think it's wonderful too, it, you, because if you've never been to Gibsonville, you will you blink and you'll miss it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know how many stoplights they have, but <laughs> probably maybe two. Two. <laughs> but uh, but that building is so amazing. You know, we've talked many times about you know eventually moving, getting a larger space, but the magic that happens in that building it has happened in that building. Um, yep. just can't be measured. And mm. I know you came for Chikar, correct? I did. I know I was CWF there. was your second time? It actually, it's my third time because I went to the two with the two Chikar shows there. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's just such a fun building. It is. Um, Chikar uh, loves coming down there. They, uh, they're big fans of cookout, as you may know. <laughs> so they like any time they get to come down to North Carolina, it's worth it. That's awesome. I'm a big fan of cookout myself. Bob is not, however. Bob oh. Is not. oh, my gosh. Now e- you're off of the cookie list. Come on. Just as fast I had as a bad, I'm kidding. I had a bad experience at cookout when I was visiting there. It was bad. What? Try again. You know, okay. sometimes the Maybe. first one won't work, but you got to give it yeah. at least a second try. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can do that. I am. I wanted to say I'm incredibly proud, incredibly proud of Chris Riddle, but unfortunately, I'm cre- incredibly disappointed at the medical staff at CWF Mid Atlantic. I think that Chris should probably still be underneath the concussion protocol because I'm not 100% convinced about his decision-making capabilities in signing up for this street fight. It's, uh, yeah. I don't really know either. I don't really know what makes uh, someone decide who's a non-competitor to uh, start competing and pretty much go almost straight into something like a street fight. So it's going to be crazy. I was going to say something else because I just was thinking, oh, wow, it's really going to be crazy. So let me tell another story that embarrasses myself. And why don't you ask me what my most memorable shine moment is? Go ahead, Bob. Amber, what is your most memorable shine moment? Well, I'll tell you. We were calling a match, and Lenny had walked away to see what was happening because we were on um, up the stairs. So, you know, if things were going on, you know, underneath, it was kind of hard to to see. We didn't have a monitor. So uh, I think they were doing something where Allison Kay and have. Jessica Havoc were outside fighting, and someone hit someone with a car. And so they're getting the news oh back God. to us, of course, that, like, you know, there's been this – So I I don't remember even what it was or who it was. But anyway, I'm finishing up commentary because Lenny's outside or something, and 
I go, folks, I mean, like, we knew that this match was going to be crazy. It was going to be balls out. And then Prezak texts me. He goes, balls out, really? (laughs) And I'm like, what? I just meant, like, it was going to be crazy. So then I was going to say that about this match. And then I'm like, hmm, let me at least tell a funny, embarrassing story before I say it's balls out. But yes, I didn't mean it in a bad way. I just meant it was going to be bonkers. But praise that right. made me feel like a million dollars on that. I'm like, thanks a lot. <laughs> Dave, well, if you're listening, it, thanks a lot. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's kind of a good segue into my last question for you. I mean, balls. I mean, like the ballsy badass, Shotzi Blackheart. <laughs> she just gets signed to NXT. We just had another round of signings. And there are talents that are emerging everywhere. Who are some of the competitors that we should be looking at going into 2020, in your opinion, Amber? Who stands out to you? Oh, goodness. Now I feel like I'm drawing like a blank. I don't know about all the signings. Now I knew, obviously, that Shotzi got signed, and I think she's a great sign. Totally. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really like her. So, um, But as far as who else got signed, I don't really know, and that's my fault. Um, I've been a little unplugged, so I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, I think there are people to keep your eye on, but they might already be in NXT or at the show now. Um, and I say that because the one person that's sticking out to me is uh, because I don't watch Raw. Here's how Raw goes for me. It's like 14 minutes long. It is Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss's segment, and then – the rest is me fast-forwarding my DVR on four. So um, it goes by as fast as possible. No no disrespect. It's just, you know, I feel like uh, they, you know, they don't necessarily book stuff for me. They do it for a different demographic. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's no shade. um, But uh, I feel like Nikki has all the potential. I feel like she is really on a fast track. I, I love what they're doing with her. And I'm not saying this because she's like my bestie, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very proud of her. Obviously Trevor Lee, Cameron Grimes, super proud of uh, where he's come from because, you know, he's pretty much homegrown CWS right. and right. Um, as, as is no way Jose. And I don't think that a lot of people realize that, but right. uh, he is also, he's also homegrown CWF. So, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know, so I feel now <laughs> inadequate that I should not answer your question, except for saying that Shotzi is a great pick for them. But yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. Now this That's is going to okay. go down. As, now this is going down as my embarrassing podcast moment. No, never. No, there's no no embarrassment <laughs> there. No embarrassment. Let me because you are good friends with Nikki Cross, and I've put this out on social media because she's had this pairing with Alexa Bliss and kind of turned over a, a different role, a different direction in her character. Can for we not, can we, can we not get some new ring gear and new entrance music and move forward because the whole insanity thing still lingering around just doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Is it just I don't, me? I don't, yeah, totally. I don't, I, I think that you are correct that that needs a little bit of a, a tweaking because I don't really love that they're keeping with that because it's not really keeping in line with the character so much. And as far right. as the other question, 
Maybe there's something coming. So maybe yeah. there. Uh, we'll just have to stay tuned for that <laughs> that segment. That's what we'll have to stay tuned. No, no. You just ask about uh, other things, and I was like, oh, maybe I saw pictures of stuff that might be being made. So that's all. Ah. Well, we we'll have to stay <laughs> tuned and make sure that. That our oh, DVRs are set on fast forward through four. See, so yeah, that's, yes. good. that's good. Um, Amber, where are you going to be at coming up? So the fans want to come out and say hello to you, or listen to you do commentary, or do what you do. Where are you going to be at coming up? Um, so I have to have knee surgery, and it's not scheduled yet. So I won't be okay. making Shimmer, but they are having, like you said, the 14th anniversary. The uh, November 2nd and 3rd weekend in Berwyn, Illinois. So mm-hmm. I will not be there, but I wanted to just give a quick shout out. But I will be at all of the uh, remaining CWF shows probably for the rest of the year, I would say. Um, okay. This weekend we have RGL, which is our Rising Generation League, our Rookie League. And mm-hmm. it gives uh, the guys that have been training there, you know, a chance to shine so and, you know, get some ring time. Uh, so that's this Saturday. Um, November 2nd is going to be a huge match. We're going to have Invincible, and that's a regular CWF show. Eric Royal is going to be taking on Cam Carter. So I expect oh, that wow. to be a barn burner for real. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I'm really happy about that. And then our big fall show, um, our Ultimate Survivor show is on November 16th, <clears throat> and I've heard rumors, rumors of maybe a cage match. So yeah, Ooh, rumors. Okay. Awesome. I'm spilling yeah. all the tea, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> is there, uh, are there any plans for you to be in Winston Salem on WrestleCade weekend, Amber? I'm, I may make a cameo at the Val party. I don't know. That's always my answer, my clueless answer. I'm going to make a cameo at the Val party. Um, (laughs) I will probably be there um, for a little – it's actually going to be my grandmother's birthday. So one of my grandmother's – one of her – my grandmother's birthdays. That's what I was trying to get out. So I don't know, like, what I will be there for, but I'm sure I will – um, show up at some point, and if I show up nowhere else, it's going to at least be the hotel bar on Saturday, because that's banging. All right. The last time Fun. I was there, Marty Janetti was trying to climb up uh, onto like a six foot tall booth to talk to Faye Jackson. I'm not missing that stuff. No way. <laughs> oh my gosh. I want to do over. <laughs> For fans that want to keep up with your comings and goings on social media, Amber, how can they do that? Pretty easy. I am Amber Gertner on both Instagram and Twitter. So, yeah, I'm pretty inactive on Twitter, um, but Instagram, I would say I post every couple of days at least. So my Instagram is a little more popping, I guess, if you want to see ridiculous stuff. I don't know. I'm a pretty ridiculous person, so. (laughs) You are not. (laughs) No, I mean ridiculous in, like, the best ding-dang possible way. (laughs) Amber, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to sit down and talk with us. We had an absolute great time speaking with you and uh, truly, truly enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. And again, (laughs) the sweet write-up. I just really appreciate it. I, um, 
I really appreciate that uh, anybody enjoys my commentary because, as I say, I'm pretty polarizing. It's either you can't stand to hear me talk because I'm just talking about inane things or everybody laughs at me for good reasons. I don't mean in bad ways, but um, they they are, you know, they get in on the joke as well. They, They know where I'm coming from. So I just appreciate that you guys appreciate me. So thank you. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know that Laura will probably see you before I do. I will I will be in Winston-Salem on WrestleCade weekend, so hopefully our paths will cross. And, uh, yes. again, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Have Me a great too. evening. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye now. There goes Amber Gertner, and we'll be back after this brief minute. Hey everybody, Monkhouse Bob. And the lovely Laura. Folks, we've been telling you for the last five years. Five years, five years, five years, five years. All the different ways that you can listen to live from the Armory Wrestling Show. You can hear us on www.fnx.network. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. The most important thing is, do you listen? Every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. Don't miss it. Great conversation tonight with uh, Amber Gertner. I would highly suggest that if you're not uh, following CWF Mid-Atlantic on Twitch, you can do that. Just uh, type in CWF Mid-Atlantic up in the search bar, and you can check them out on – check her out on commentary uh, – go back through and certainly find her on shimmer videos uh shimmer streams and all that great stuff um had a good time with her really really enjoyed really enjoyed speaking with her she is fabulous yeah really hope that uh really hope that she's at wrestlecade weekend i would really like the opportunity to meet her in person and say hello so that would be that would be pretty cool Phenomenal, yeah, I phenomenal lady. With her. I, I did not get one at CWF, and I don't know why, but, you know, that's yeah. the way it happens sometimes. But um, definitely need to get a selfie with her. I understand. You good on time? You good on the basement thing? Are we good? I, actually, I'm good because we, we finished because it's getting dark okay. and very cold. So I'm good. I'm good. Okay. All right. Want to go on and uh, bring on the good doc for... This week's installment of the Kayfabe Couch, there was a tweet floating around. I thought it was from Taz, but I think it was Taz that retweeted it or replied onto it. And basically the, the tweet, I'm not sure who it came from. I can't really remember if it came from MVP, if, you know, who, who it came from. But basically, basically in a nutshell, the tweet read something like this. Quote, unquote, no one hates professional wrestling more than professional wrestling fans. And I don't know about you, but for some reason, that just lit a fire underneath my ass. I, I just, you know, I, I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum on this program as the good doctor joins us uh, about fans that, you know, are negative or hypercritical and, you know, just endless streams of bullshit that come across my Twitter feed, your Twitter feed, our Twitter feed, every damn night, complaining, constant complaining, constant complaining. 
And I, I don't know, but I, I guess for you know a fan like myself, my reply was what I put out on social media was I, I thought it was a trap statement because I think more along these lines, fans love what their idea of what professional wrestling is more than anything else. Something along those lines. Doc, how you doing tonight? Look, Tracy, Stacy, whatever. If you're gonna yeah. picture hack. At least get an image of your badass self covering my entire body as not to leave my cheap meal enhanced midriff exposed. Hashtag you're welcome. What in the hell are you talking about? You said Doc. I thought you said Rock. I'm sorry, Bob. It's uh, it's grading season. I get a little scattered. Um, <laughs> how you doing tonight? <laughs> We're doing good. I thought maybe you had gotten into the cooking sherry tonight for some reason, you know, or maybe you had stopped by the local Walmart neighborhood grocery store and gotten the gallon of boxed wine out for some Shoot, reason. Shoot, I thought you were smoking the ganja. <laughs> no, it's more like the, uh, the grating sherry. Okay. Well, well that, that makes sense. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, we, we, I can live with that part. I can live with that part. I'm doing, doing well. I had a really good, good talk with Amber Gertner. Tonight, yeah, I and I that. was was uh, going back through, trying to find out exactly what I said, because I would think that uh, I would be able to remember what exactly I had uh, had tweeted myself, because I did. I felt like that was a trap statement. You know, it just, uh, it, it just, I don't know, it just, it just got me, it just got me, I don't know if it rubbed me the wrong way. This is what I said. I'm more inclined to believe no one loves their idea of what wrestling is more than wrestling fans. And I think, I mean, for me, uh, I think for me that works more than the other statement. I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, actually, I was hoping that for, before we start about complaining, I could talk about something that I think none of us have a reason to complain about, which was the Queens of Combat show this past weekend. So would you mind yeah. if you just take it uh, Okay, so oh, you you were there. Morning. Take it away. You were there. I was there. So they had another double shot, and they've been having a lot of um, a lot of new faces roll through lately. Saturday was no exception. No exception. So let's see: Kenzie Page, Henry, Dream Girl, Ellie, Selena Rose, uh, Midwest veteran Randy West, Ravana Jin, Double D Rose, Lady Frost, right. and Island King were all all there. Um, okay. All looked outstanding, and Kylan and Savannah Evans had a knockdown, drag-out war uh, that evening that just went on and on and on. And finally, sadly, Savannah pulled out the coal miner's glove and ended it. I think there's, uh, there's the, <laughs> the old coal miners on a, a glove on a pole match. Yeah, I, I, now they, I remember something about that. They also had, I forget what they called the match, but they had the, the giant electric chair. Mm-hmm. And so the, to win the match, you had to put someone from the opposing team in the chair and throw the switch. Uh, and, and ride the Danny lightning. Jordan, yeah, Danny Jordan got the chair. What was oh. a, little, a little disturbing was just Jake Manning was just videotaping the whole thing while it was happening. I, could, I just kind of struggled with that. Statistic. Statistic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one other thing I want to mention that's, I think you'll, well, you'll see why. 
So Tasha Steeles and Diamante had a title match scheduled for the afternoon show, and uh-huh. it just turned an absolute brawl, went to a no contest. Okay. And they actually brawled through the evening to the extent that they actually went and interrupted a few matches. And so finally it was announced that on February 15th, they would fight it out in a steel cage. Oh, okay. But before, before that, Diamante will be defending the Queens of Combat title at WrestleCade against none other than Tessa Blanchard. Ooh. Ah, that should be good. That yes. should be a good one. That's pretty so awesome. I just wanted to, yeah, I just want to thank Zane Riley and Jake Manning, Maureen Tracy, everyone involved with Queens of Combat for just bringing amazing wrestlers, giving us amazing wrestling, and giving us absolutely nothing to complain about. Mm-hmm. Good Speaking deal. Which, good deal. All right. I went back and I found the MVP's tweet, and Bully Ray had retweeted it. It generated a ton of discussion. And so I got to thinking about this, too, you know, after you you sent me my assignment. Mm-hmm. And I you know, thought about, so what are fans complaining about? Why are they complaining? And also, are they complaining more in the era of social media than they were before the advent of social media? And so okay. I started thinking about this. And so just kind of big picture-wise, thinking about psychology, people do things you know, in response to something, and the behaviors are main- maintained because something reinforces them. So mm-hmm. what are people complaining about, and what's reinforcing their complaining? Okay. So it's probably the case that different people are complaining for different reasons. So some people, you know, it's just their personality, they're complainers. Um, some people have a negativity bias. They tend to focus on the negative. And it may be the case with a lot of wrestling, the negative stuff is in the minority. So the negative stuff tends to stick out more, be noticed more, um, gets more attention, people think about it more, and it actually distorts the way they remember because they remember what they thought about. So if there was one negative thing and ten great things, if they spend more time thinking about the negative thing, they tend to remember the show is more negative than it really was. Okay. So that's probably some some people some people are just negative. Um as you mentioned, I think some people complain because of their expectations or when just when they don't get what they want. And this made me think back to the first match between Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. Okay. And it was a damn good match, but people complained about it, I think, because they had such high expectations, knowing what both guys could do. They expected the moon, and they didn't get mm-hmm. the moon. So right. instead of being happy with the great match, they complained because they didn't get the moon. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I'm going to presume that this reinforcement is based upon, as far as social media is concerned, Likes, retweets, shares, all that other good stuff, which we didn't have before. And we've had this conversation before when we had the Roman Reigns issue. And Laura's mm-hmm. not a huge Roman Reigns fan. You know, fans were complaining online, I don't like Roman Reigns. He's being shoved down our throat. And my rebuttal to that was that in the 
the older day or the golden era, whatever you want to call it, the 1980s, Hulk Hogan was shoved down our throats, but we didn't know it. Ric Flair was shoved down our throats, but we didn't know it. How we came about knowing it was the advent of social media and the transparency of being able to see so many other talents or the availability of being able to see so many other talents and seeing what they're capable of. And we're just seeing the same guys and women recycled over and over and over again. Fair enough. Well, I think that's part of it. And before we get to what's reinforcing it, I just wanted to throw out one other reason why people might complain. And I think in some cases, a lot of us complain because we love wrestling, and it's kind of an intended form of constructive criticism, almost like an appeal to social justice. So we're talking about the um, the Hell in the Cell match. You had two exceptional wrestlers who were in a really crappy situation. You know, so I think some people complain because... They know, you know, they see the people and they say they should, they deserve better. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, getting back to what reinforces complaining, I think a lot of it is um, the reinforcement people get on social media from the attention they get from their complaining, Um, whether it's likes and retweets or, you know, some wrestler replying to them, where presumably the reply is a negative thing, but it's intention, so it reinforces the behavior. But I also think there are a couple other things at play. So there's something called the illusion of control, the idea that we do things because we believe by doing those things we're exerting some control over an environment. Um, so if you complain about something, you know, that lets you believe that you know, I've done something, now maybe if someone listens, someone will cha- something will change. And then, of course, no one listens because no one hears you when you have another reason to complain. Um, and there's also, you know, when you complain about something, it's like, I know how this should be. So I know how to fix this. I know what's right. So you kind of be able, you kind of get to play expert and that builds your own self-esteem. So there's some kind of self-reinforcement there. But I definitely think that, you know, social media as it's just exploded and kind of gotten integrated into every aspect of our lives plays a large role as well in reinforcing it. That, that makes sense. So uh, what do you, what do you think, Laura? Is it a lot of it just is obviously it's based in perception, but is it, is it more that the fans, you know, and you, you've had a meltdown over this, that the fans are just too, too hypercritical wrestling fans are too hypercritical, or is it just, it's not what, it's not what their envisionment of the way wrestling should be based on their likes. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people want to feel important mm-hmm. and that it, some of these people feel important by expressing this opinion and being this snob about such things. Um, again, you know, uh, I I think social media has a lot to do with it because you get, you know, you said the, the likes, the retweets, the shares, and we uh-huh. all have an opinion. And I'm not saying that we, we shouldn't have an opinion, hmm. but I'm just tired and tired and tired of hearing people shit on products that just the first AEW show. Mm-hmm. It's their first show. And then I heard mm-hmm. people shitting on. NBA, and I'm like, 
that's when I really went bonkers because I'm tired of hearing all this negativity all the time. If you have mm-hmm. a this piece of criticism, I will listen to that any day because if it is constructive, then it's not bashing. It's just like, okay, they could do it. They could do this better or not just, Oh, Jericho sucks. Now I like WWE better. <laughs> I right. Right. Yeah. Then stop watching it and stop filling up my timeline with dribble drabble about shit that you don't have anything to do with or have a clue. And, you know, um, Doc, you were talking about, you know, people thinking they could change things. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of did change things. The whole Daniel Bryan yes movement. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm. that was positive that, you know, we can affect change yeah but i think it also created a monster mm. we, you know we'll just do and shit well the women's uh, you know evolution that was a you know another uh indication of that you know the fans can change things but i think right. you know it's created a monster thinking well it, i i don't like it i'm just gonna boo it until they change it well you'll be mm. booing till you're dead Right. Uh, on some stuff, because they're going to change that. They're not going to change it at all. Here's my thing: is I really am not digging Raw or SmackDown right now. So I don't mm-hmm. watch it. I don't mm-hmm. get online and complain about it. Yeah. But I just right. don't it. Nah. So that, that, that's my. Thing. No, and that and that that makes perfect sense. You know, and the 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 instances or the the changes that you cited came about. Uh, you know. First of all, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. And you know, the whole Daniel Bryan thing was a moneymaker from from the get go. Uh, the women's evolution or revolution, however you want to call it, was was started out basically positivity wrapped in negativity. It was hashtag give divas a chance. It wasn't hashtag this show sucks and I'm not watching it ever again. So. I think it's all the way about his phrase. Now I'll let people in on a secret. You know, they, they want to know, you know, how it is that you're able to, you know, to talk to people within the business and how you make contacts and how do you get guests and all the other stuff. I can tell you this with absolute certainty. And Dwayne, the rock Johnson said this, it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. I have had, exactly. we have had more success in positive positive comments, positive tweets, positive messages, whether it's a yes, no, maybe so, go kiss my ass, whatever it is, just being, just being my, one of my favorite words, Laura, just being cordial. By just being cordial, you know, that's how it, that's, that's how right. it works. That's how it works. Uh, in a nutshell, Doc, this trend is going to continue because, you know, people still use the fallback line. I was I was young and Twitter was new to me, um, but it's it. We're, we're I think the only way that we can invoke any type of change in this is just by by remaining positive ourselves. Fair enough. Is that fair? I think so. Um, instead of feeding the negativity, right? Just feed the positivity. Be nice. Yeah, that sounds reasonable to me. Sounds reasonable to me. Doc, uh, again, thank you for your input. Good subject this week. Certainly appreciate your uh, input. Appreciate the uh, the Queens of Combat uh, plug. And uh, if she, you know, and, they're, and one of those uh, lists of names that you read out, 
that Kenzie Page Henry, I've got got my eye on her. Got my eye on her. I'm very excited to see where things go for that young lady. Very exciting young talent. Very exciting young talent for sure. Yeah, yeah. That was my first seeing her, and she time seeing her, and she was really impressive. Um, yeah. And they all were. She was. Kylan King was. I'm sure. I think. Mm-hmm. I think she wrestles in Ignite a good bit, so I'm sure Kim Otlip yeah. is quite familiar with her. Yeah. You never know yeah, who will turn up. You never know who will turn up. Uh, Doc, we're going to bid you adieu because Laura's got to get off here and finish her basement, and I've got to get something to eat, and we've got to get ready for next week's show, believe it or not. Uh, I hear you. I have to get back to my grading. Scatter my I understand. Brain anymore. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Who knows good. who Thank will you. be next week? I, it could be anybody. Halloween's coming up. Uh, that's right. Could be about you that. could be the mass superstar. Hmm. I have to think about that. Yeah. Could be anybody. Well, Nick, in that case, I'll bid you yabba, dabba. Did you know that everything in the world is either a triangle or not a triangle? That's deep, <laughs> Doc. That's deep. I have to think about that one. Thank you very much, Doc. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Good night, Asasalus Triangle. Asasalus. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Doc. There goes the uh, the good Dr. Guzeltron. Everything is a triangle or it's not a triangle. Okay. Uh, go on and announce next week's guest. If the stars align the way that they should and everything works and we don't have as many glitches as WWE 2K20 does at the present time, our guest next week will be the rescheduled guest from a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Dennis Taylor will be joining us next week. So hopefully everything will work out the way that it's supposed to. And we'll have Dennis on the show and Bob will be your uncle again. How about that? That's not my uncle. What? Well, sure. I could be uncle Bob. I don't have an uncle Bob. Well, you do now. You are not my uncle. I can tell you that right now. You know what? I'm thinking that next week, because, you know, Halloween's coming up, that, you know, maybe we should wear, you know, do do a costume. If we if you could do a costume, who would who would you do? Um, I have a couple of things I can do. I can do a witch. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was thinking I was thinking I would go as Dirk Diggler next week. Everything's a triangle. Folks, uh, we thank you for uh, listening to this episode of Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. We're heard here every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, on Blog Talk Radio, on every major podcast platform known to mankind. And check us out at www.fnx.network. We'll be back here next Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Be good to one another. And remember, there's never a bad seat here at the Armory. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you 
have been listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling. Listen to us on blogtalkradio.com every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at From the Armory. We're also streamed worldwide on www.fnx.network. And we're also available on Stitcher. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash live.armory.9. If you like what you hear, please take a few moments to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. See you next week.